Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Well, hello. What's happening? It is Thursday. It's Twitter Thursday. Thursday Night Football. Uh, you've reached the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are brought to you by SeatGeek today. I hope you enjoyed yesterday. I hope you're not mad at me for no uh, power ranks, but we'll get back to them next week. We could Something you could obviously skip a week. There's not a lot of movement every time. But really good conversation with old buddy Ross Tucker. Uh, that was a blast. I'm enjoying having some people on. Enjoying it so much, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. We're going to have Robert Flores on tomorrow to go with me, and we're going to pick every game, just like we used to do way back when at the Four Letter Network every Friday. He is the man. I'm a big fan of Robert. Um, as I am with Ross. We had a really good conversation yesterday with Ross talking O-line, D-line, scheduling, you know, not specifics of what's going on right now. Highly, highly encourage you to check that out. But we have a game tonight. Not the greatest game tonight, but we do have a game tonight. We have the Jags at the Titans. So, this division is abysmal. There's no real way around that. Um... Pull up the standings here. We got Houston at four and three. We got Indy at three and four. We got Tennessee at three and four. Jacksonville at two and four. All of them have had more points scored on them than they've scored themselves. Ugh, it's bad. Uh, I really have. We didn't do uh, what's my uh, power ranks yesterday, so it. But still, these guys are all bottom 10 teams, in my opinion. I mean, these are all, these are bad football teams. And, you know, I, I was, a big discussion, as it is every offseason, is who are the next great quarterbacks? And during the offseason, I always said the same thing, that I always said, I'm pretty confident that Winston, Carr, Mariota, Bortles are all very much on the right path, have the abilities to become the next generation of great quarterbacks. And I often said that Bortles was the one that scared me most just because of mechanical flaws and uh, some highly inconsistent you know, things we've seen from him before going into the season. Did a lot of his best, all of his best work, really, in, quote, garbage time. Did a little on the road. Just some, some bad stats. Boy, he looks worse, though. I mean, a lot worse. Like, he's a bad quarterback right now. And he needs saved. He needs to get back and shorten up his delivery. It's gotten worse. It's all over the place. That's a big deal. A fraction of a second that it takes him longer to get rid of the ball. When he when his mind says, I'm, taking the, I'm, I'm letting it go and it's going here, it takes him a fraction of a second longer than it should. And with the defensive backs and the pass rush that are out there, um, that little bit is a big deal. Not to mention he's not really doing anything well, to be quite honest. I have more faith that Mariota gets back on the track that we that I expected him to be this offseason than I do Bortles. Um, but Mariota's been rough, too. He has done some good things. 
his accuracy is sort of scattershot too. And I'm excited to watch really focus on both these quarterbacks tonight and see mechanical you know, situation. I, I think Mariota's feet haven't been as good as they, they were before, mechanically speaking, throwing the football. Uh, I'm not sure this offense helps him a whole heck of a lot either. I mean, he's not doing anything he really did at Oregon. So he's very much learning. Um, again, these two could rebound and with their careers. And Mariota, I don't have a whole lot of worries about, but he has not played well. So those are the two guys to really look at here. Uh, that's that's the, the feature matchup, although you would have thought two months ago that there'd be a much more exciting feature matchup. Talk about when Tennessee has the ball. It's all about DeMarco Murray. I mean, he's getting 20-plus touches every week. We're seeing very little uh, of Henry, who... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was impressed. I didn't like him coming that much coming out of Bama. I thought he was kind of stiff. I thought he needed big holes. Um, and I thought he was better than expected in the preseason. Haven't said I can. Ch- I, I have seen enough of him in the season because he's really been phased out to, to see what he's been like of late. But clearly they like Murray, and I was wrong on Murray. I thought Murray was basically done, you know, run into the ground more or less by the, uh, the the Cowboys and then sort of left for dead in Philadelphia. He's phenomenal. You know, he's really, really playing well. And he's the foundation of this offense. He's going to get a ton of touches behind a very good offensive line. Their tackles are playing really well. Watch the rookie tonight, uh, Conklin. Uh, probably He's definitely been the best rookie lineman so far. Um, but Jacksonville has a good defense. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. They... The run defense, I would say, is average. They also lost Roy Miller. He's kind of their nose tackle, big-bodied plugger-in-the-middle type guy. And they also haven't faced fantastic running games. So this will be interesting to see, you know, the status of the Jags' defense tonight because Murray's going to get it over and over and over. And I certainly don't think the game script is going to have either one of these teams pull out to a 20-point lead where they just have to throw. Not at all. Um, Jacksonville's pass rush is still a work in progress. There's some young, impressive young players there. Um, I would think that's the last piece of the puzzle in terms of team building next year, that maybe they add one more pass rusher, maybe a veteran in free agency. But this is a good pass defense overall. Again, a lot of ability. They do a really good job at the linebacker, strong safety, Cyprian level of taking away the middle of the field. Uh, really, that's been true, especially uh, against uh, tight ends. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot of uh, just a, a lot of athleticism here. Uh, Ramsey is. I, I think there's two. You know, we we had this conversation about a month ago. Who are the defensive rookie of the year type guys? I think Bosa is starting to grab that title and just start to run away with it, even though he's late to the party. But Ramsey's the other one in the conversation. He has technique work to, to work on, as you would imagine, but he is big and physical and versatile, and um, he's been lining up against the best receivers. You know, that's a lot to ask from a rookie corner. But who do you line up against? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, is it going to be Kendall Wright? He had a good game two weeks ago. I mean, is it Sharp? I mean, he's kind of the the leader in terms of targets, but he's not explosive. And this team very much needs a number one receiver. You know, that it has to be their top priority this offseason is get a vertical all-around number one receiver, no matter what it costs, uh, uh, trading up in the draft, you know, whatever it, whatever it takes, you need to get Mariota that guy. They are slow on this side of the ball. Sharp's just a guy, in my opinion. I mean, he's okay, but come on. Um, Bortles. 
His line's been bad. Zero running game. Um, I thought Yeldon was going to have a really good year. You know, like for fantasy, he was one of my guys. He, I start him every week and he stinks. Um, I'm not sure it's all on him. I, I just think Bortles is a real problem and is, is an anchor in this offense right now. The line isn't helping things either. Um, he's going to be under a lot of pressure in this game too. The, the Titans rush the quarterback well. We know LeBeau's history of coming after quarterbacks, especially ones that aren't real confident or you know ready for prime time. Bortles certainly handles you know, falls in that category. He's been really bad on the road. Where's Allen Robinson? You know he's had a lot of drops this year, but and Bortles has hurt him. But I'm still a believer. I have him on every fantasy team too. Um, he, he doesn't put up any numbers. I mean, it's been Marquise Lee. Hearns hasn't been the factor he used to be. But I looked at Robinson and thought, this guy's on the cusp of being a top six, seven, eight receiver in this league. Superstar. You know, like a great player. Um, he needs to step up. I, I, I can't explain away his lack of production just by saying Bortles isn't good enough. And then Julius Thomas may or may not play tonight. He's another guy I like a lot. I expected so much more out of this offense. Um, but he's done very, very little of late, too. I mean, he has he's had one good game all year, and that seems like eons ago. Um, Tennessee, unlike Jacksonville, though, the middle of their defense is pretty susceptible. You know, tight ends have been putting up big numbers against the Titans. Opposite is true on the other side of the ball. So he's somebody to watch. I mean, if he's healthy, he could be a difference maker. Still, I'm going to take the Titans in this one. At home, I told you about Bortles on the road. Guess I trust Tennessee's quarterback more. Certainly trust their ground game more. Probably trust their defense more, although Jacksonville's defense is pretty good. But I'm excited to watch this game. I mean, there's a lot of good young talent here to look at, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, on defense for Jacksonville. So we will recap this one tomorrow. Now let me tell you about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. Uh, my buddies use the SeatGeek app all the time on their phone. I've told you about that before. They love it. It's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere with just a few taps and instantly find seats for the weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. You know, they're, they're, they're like a big uh, phone book. They're like a big search engine, just checking all the ticket sites. Uh, they can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every t- ticket on SeatGeek is given a, gr- a grade based on value. They'll, you'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your 20 bucks. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add Promo Code. Enter the promo code LONFL, locked on NFL. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL now. 
All right, it is time for Twitter Thursday. And it's my apologies, I didn't ask for these until a little late. I asked about an hour ago, so I don't have as many to pick from as usual. Beaver Falls Hosiery. Hmm, I wonder if that has something to do with Joe Namath. When will NFL scrap Thursday and Monday night football? Ross and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, especially Thursday. Uh, the fact is, the answer to your question is never. It's never going to happen. Uh, it's big money. You know how many people watch those? You know, I mean, we watch football Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. I mean, they're not going to uh, take a day of the week out of the equation. I do urge you to check out yesterday's show, though. Um, and we talk a little, a lot of scheduling things that might alleviate some of the problems that I think you're hinting at. Jerry Linder asks, how much of Gurley's subpar year is on Gurley? Seems like the play calling is gotten better. More downfield throws. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's less conservative. Guys like Kenny Britt, they're stretching the field. They still keep throwing a table on Austin. The line's bad, though. And clearly, if you're going to game plan against the Rams, job number one is to take Gurley out of the equation. I think he's a fantastic talent, a great player, and I would say he should be better. You know, I, I, I'm putting a little of this on him, you know, that there's nowhere really to go when you watch the tape, so it's hard. But you would think a great player would break free a little bit more. Um, so I don't put much on him, but a little. I mean, I, I would think that he could do a little bit more. But I don't honestly think he's the problem. That's for sure. Chris asks, can the NFL get to having good games on Thursday night football? Again, Ross and I really talked about this heavy yesterday. And it bothers me that they're divisional games. Because I do think the product is lesser on Thursday nights. I think it's a big disadvantage for the road team to have to travel on such a short week. And the reason I don't like them being divisional games is... Divisional games are way more important. You know, divisional games are more important than conference games, which are more important than non-conference games. And, and there's some formula out there where people weight them accordingly. Like, you know, losing to a non-conference team doesn't hurt you all that bad when it comes to playoff time. Losing in a division hurts a ton. But Ross also mentioned, he had a good point too, that maybe that they're doing divisional games on Thursday because the coaches and players are more familiar with opponents that they play all the time. You know, it's easier for the Bears to prepare for the Packers than it is the Bears to prepare for the Browns. Or, you know, well, not, that's not the best example. But you see what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I, I still, I can't condone it, though. The, the games are too important. I, I think that that's too much of a disadvantage. But I do think that if you listen to yesterday's podcast and... Uh, they use the scheduling type of situation that we've talked about, Ross and I, with 17-game season. You would have it with two buys. You'd have a better chance of having buys before your Thursday night endeavors for those teams. And that would be helpful, I think. Uh, Double Stewart asks, are you going to do some mid-season awards? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do some mid-season awards. Next week, I will do mid-season awards. Coach of the Year, MVP, Rookie of the Year's. I mentioned the defensive one earlier. Um, Stat App asked, he asked me this the other day when we were talking that NFL uh, Network's top 10 quarterback list. 
he asked me, would I have Bree? Who would I take, Breeze or Favre? Um, Favre was in the top ten. I think he was eight off the top of my head, and I was fine with that. I thought that's about where he goes. Breeze was outside the top ten, but I thought him and Bradshaw were the two that were that had the best case to be in there, but didn't make it. And I wouldn't have stood up on the table for either one to beat out Steve Young, who was number ten. Um, I, I mean, he asked. I mean, he wants me to talk about it on the podcast because he wants me to expand more than I can on Twitter. But I mean, it's not like there's any negatives, <laughs> you know, it's not like, boy, Breeze really stinks, you know, he, he, he's not even close, uh, they're very different type of players, one's obviously more dependent on Braun, you know, Breeze is a great passer, but he's not a throw-it-through-the-door guy, I mean, he's not gonna beat you up with the, you know, make unbelievable throws like Favre, I mean, again, I'm talking about Breeze being a top 10, or top 12 or so quarterback ever, by the way, breaking breaking news! It looks like C.J. Anderson is going on IR. I have, a, I have an article. I'll check my timeline on Booker and how he'll fill in. I think he'll do well. But I think people forget, and I would imagine some of them are younger. I mean, that sounds like an old curmudgeon. I'm only 43. How good Favre was! I mean, I think he won the MVP three years in a row. I mean, there was a stretch there in the 90s where he was far and away the best player in the league. I mean, a superstar. So, not that Breeze has ever been a slouch, but I would take Favre. And I think there's some good with the bad with Favre, but I also don't think Breeze is exactly a monumental caretaker of the, of the ball either. I mean, he forces some throws. Uh, both are awesome, but I'm still taking Favre. All right, all right. I-K-K-W-T-T-S. Look, what's... <laughs> there's there's no vowels in your name. Okay. Ink, what's... I'm, it's probably some joke I'm missing. It's probably something dirty I'm saying over and over and missing. Anyways, if Brock doesn't work out, will Houston need to find a new quarterback, head coach, and GM? I can't... I would say no to, to coach. Probably say no to GM, All this, although this move sounds like a much more GM-driven decision than it was coach-driven decision. You know, they talked about how O'Brien and Osweiler had never met before, before he got to the facility and was signed. I found that very odd then. Um, it's obviously very early to say that he's a bust, but I mean, I said it at the time that I didn't like him in Denver. He has very little starting experience in college or the pros. I mean, he's basically a first-year starter at this point. So, but he's really, really bad. Really bad. I mean, the answer to the question is, I think O'Brien's safe. I think he's done phenomenal work with the Hoyers and Shobbs and those type of guys. Actually, I don't think he had Shobbs, but uh, he's had a numerous pile of blah quarterbacks that he's gotten a lot out of. And I expect that he'll get more out of Osweiler than he has to this point. But man, he's a bad player right now. Osweiler, I think they're basically married to him for another year. And then they could get out of the deal. So, Tom Savage is sitting there. I mean, do you consider playing him the last month of the season or so? Just to see if there's a chance. I know they like him and I think he's got a lot of ability. 
do you use like a second or third round pick on a quarterback this offseason? Assuming Brock, I mean, this is all under the assumption that Brock does not play well, you know, the rest of the way. I don't think that's crazy talk, you know, to use a second round pick, early second round pick. And, you know, there's been a lot of good quarterbacks in that neighborhood of the draft. Not super expensive, doesn't kill your cap. You obviously can't go out and get somebody because of the price. Um, but I think it's time to start exploring options of if this doesn't work out, what else can we do, you know, and give it another month of tape to see, is he getting better? I mean, that's what you need to see is, is he improving? Is, is O'Brien able to get more out of him than he has to this point? You would hope. It's not setting the bar all that high. I mean, you're throwing to Fuller and you're throwing to Hopkins and you're handing it to Miller. I know their lines are very good, but man, um, but you can't just sit on your on your hands and say, "Oh, he'll come around." I mean, I think if he's terrible the rest of the season, you at least need to see a little bit of Savage and strongly consider drafting one pretty high, not signing one. So that's gonna do it. My buddy Roflo will be on tomorrow. Him and I are going to go back and forth just picking games like we did back in the day. Adam and Eve, lock it up. You know, all those good things. Um, drop me a line on Twitter anytime you want, at WilliamsonNFL, and have a wonderful day. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17